Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, Ulysses, uh, we had promised last week that there were a couple other leftover mailbag questions that we wanted to answer, and we will get to those. Of course, somebody named Wander Franco had some news to uh, impart on us, and there were some other things going on. So we will get to those mailbag questions from Ty, Austin, Nick, and Daniel. But first, today is kind of an important day. Yeah. Tuesday evening. It is the deadline to tender contracts. Originally, it was supposed to be Thursday at 8 p.m., but with the impending CBA expiration and probably lockout, MLB and the union decided to move things up. So the Rays will be busy as uh, they have 15 players, 15 players to decide on whether to tender or non-tender a contract. And again, just for people that aren't sure what that means, we're not talking about chicken tenders here. <laughs> Although it'd be nice to have some. Where's PDQ or Chick-fil-A uh, when we need them? Right. Uh, to tender a contract to a player is to agree to give a contract for the upcoming season to a player who is under club control and go through arbitration. If you non-tender a player, that means that player is immediately made eligible for free agency and can sign elsewhere. So Ulysses, if you were on the Rays and the Rays decide to non-tender you, you could go and sign with the Diamondbacks if you so choose. So there are 15 players that need to be tendered or non-tendered. I'll just run through the list right here and we'll we'll go uh, and have a little fun with this. So uh, there's Matt Whistler, Manny Margot, Tyler Glass now, Joey Wendell, G-Man Choi, Ryan Yarbrough, Yanni Chirinos, Yandy Diaz, Austin Meadows, Andrew Kittredge, Jalen Beeks, Francisco Mejia, Jeffrey Springs, Brett Phillips, and Nick Anderson. Did I get all of those correct? You did. Okay. Uh, and so why don't we play a game? Mm. The, are you a horror, scary film guy, by the way? Not particularly. So the, you never saw the, the Saw movies? I saw one or two. I saw one or two, yeah. I but I didn't, didn't. Uh, I'm not a horror film buff or anything like that. I like suspenseful shows like Dexter and so forth, but I'm yeah. not like, oh, I've got to watch Scary Movie comes out. I'm most likely not going to watch that thing. Well, uh, you know, Saw they had that little, you know, motto of like, let's play a game. <laughs> well, let's play I a game. I remember that, yeah. Let's play a game, Kevin. Okay. It's called To Tender or Not Tender. Okay. Are you ready to play? Of course. So it's a very easy game. I'm going to give you five names, and you're going to give me the likelihood in percentages that those players are going to be tender a contract. So, for example, if you think X player is going to get definitely a contract, you would say 100%. If okay. you think that they're definitely not getting a tender, 
then uh, you put 0%. Okay. No chicken tenders, 0%. Definitely chicken tenders, 100%. Love it. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's play to tender or not to tender. <clears throat> Name number one, Manuel Margot. Manny Margot, I will say there is a 90% chance he is tendered a contract. Fair. I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. Number two, Brett Airplane Phillips. I would say there's an 80% chance that he has tendered a contract. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number three, these get tougher, people. Okay. Ryan Yarbrough. Ryan Yarbrough. Oh, my gosh. Um, you need innings. You need innings. He throws innings. He throws innings. I'm going to say... He makes the defense work. I am going to say there is a 80% chance he has tendered a contract. Hmm. Surprised me there. You thought it was going to be less. I thought you were going to go like 60% because I think that's what I would say. Okay. Yeah, 60%. Number four, this man won't be available till like all-star game. Okay. 2022. Nick Anderson. A hundred percent chance he has tendered a contract. You have no qualms about this one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And number five. G my joy. G my joy. What do you say, Kevin? <laughs> for G my joy. The tendered? percentage chance that he has tendered a contract is 0.1%. Oh, Oh, that confident. No chicken tenders. I do not think he is going to be tendered a contract. I think he is going to be let go, washed away. I'm sorry, Choi boys. I'm sorry, G-Man Choi fan club, but it's time to move on. I think it's time to move on. And the, the Rays sort of implicated that when they didn't want to pay him last year. And what's he expected to make this season? Uh, an arbitration. Three and a half million dollars. You're going to pay a part-time player three and a half million dollars, one that yeah. just turned 30 and can't stay healthy. And could only be platoon, really. And wasn't all that productive this past season. Only against righties, really. Only yeah. against righties. We, we went through it on, on our player review. Uh, I I don't think I'm as confident as you. I think I'll, I'll, I'll put 2%. 2% okay. that he's uh, uh, tendered a contract. I, I just don't see it either, man. I really don't think so. And uh, if you're able to non-tender or at least you know dfa a, a guy like an all-star like Corey yeah. dickerson cj crone with the 30 bombs hunter renfro i mean well yeah, right dfa to him but um yeah i i don't think it would be a big shock right for a guy with g-men's production to not be tendered a contract yeah. and at some point we have to look at the reality of when are you going to give an opportunity to josh Lowe? When are you going to give an opportunity to Vidal Bruhan? When are you going to give more opportunities to Taylor Walls? And who, if the Rays do non-tender G-Man Choi and wash him away from the organization, so to speak, who is that left-handed first baseman? Ooh, me. I got this. I know this. Ulysses, who is it? I got two options, and okay. they're the options that Locked on Rays have pushed forward this whole yeah. offseason. Either Brandon Lau becomes a first baseman, or you teach Austin Meadows how to pick it at first. Yeah. That's those are the, the the two easy ones. If you do yeah. Meadows, then you open up that 
a corner outfield spot for Josh Lowe to get mm-hmm. acclimated to the major leagues before he makes a push to, to, to center field. And if you choose to do Lau, well, then you open a, a middle infield spot for Vidal Bruhan or Taylor Walls or Taylor Walls. Yeah. So uh, those would be the in-house, you know, moves. Now, can you go out there and get a, a, a righty smasher from the left side? I think so. But how much is that going to cost you? How, if you how much to- is Matt Olson going to cost? There you go. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, I, I just, when you talk about G-Man Choi, I think for the last two off seasons, we've said, yeah. oh, he's gone out of the team and he surprised us every single time. So could he surprise uh, us and stay right. with the team? Yeah, he could. But I just don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he will. And you know what? It's not like you get into a pinch it's not like you can't play Yandy Diaz against some righties. No. He can hold his own against right-handed pitchers. Now, he might not have the power potential that G-Man Choi would sure. from the left side, but it's not like the numbers are so far off. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think the Rays are going to want to pay that to G-Man Choi. He's at a 758 OPS and 741 OPS the last couple of seasons. He's just shown an inability to stay healthy, the lower body injuries. and. Yeah. I, I'm not going to body shame or make fun of him. He's just a bigger guy, and I feel like he, he's just going to break down over time. So I am really curious to see how they maneuver things because, look, you look at the 40-man roster, and and at some point you got to – and maybe it's not just G-Man Choi. Like, there's other moves in the pipeline too after that. Like, I would not be surprised. We mentioned three names there. Yeah. You, you might have to create some more room, and that might mean – letting go of Brett Phillips. It might mean trading Kevin Kiermeyer. It might mean, okay, tendering a contract to Manny Margot and then trading him somewhere else. It's the C word. Consolidate. Yes. You got to consolidate, man. And so I wouldn't be surprised for a Joey Wendell to be traded. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've got to, like you said, you've got to make room for Josh Lowe. You've got to make room for Taylor Walls. You've got to make room for Vidal Bruhan. Uh, and if you don't make room for them, well, then they have to be traded. Yeah, they, because you're, they, they're just going to be stashed at AAA forever. That does, that's not how right. it works. So, uh, get ready to see some 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 moves. But yeah, this deadline it'll be really yeah. interesting because uh, I, I think a lot of guys that uh, have been wearing race shirts for a long time might might not be doing that. Two questions. One um, is this a fair statement that everybody? All 15 names will be tendered a contract except for one. That is G-Man Choi. So the Rays will tender contracts to 14 guys and then let go of G-Man Choi. Or do you think they're going to let go of one or two or maybe more others? I could see another one. Okay. So you're going to say like 12, 13. Yeah. And you think the most other likely guy is Yarbrough? Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. Okay. I think Nick Anderson. Hmm. I, I just... I don't so gonna, like what we saw from Nick Anderson at all. Okay. Like he was just, and, and not because like he wouldn't be a good B squad kind of guy in the bullpen, but because I think he would be. But the problem is, is that the dis- disparity between the production when he was the elite guy in 19 and 20 yeah. to what he just showed up in 21 is so, so big. Can't you just find somebody off the heap? Right, that could give you better than what he can give you at part uh, as a B squad guy. I, I can you really think that a reliever with the injuries that he's had going to go back up mm-hmm. to? I mean, volatility is the, is the middle name of relievers. I don't think yeah. you can expect 
again, an upside in production from Nick Anderson. So why tender? A Couldn't they have already gotten rid of him though? They could have like yeah. Cody Reed and Oliver Drake. I feel like yeah. they, and why go through the rehab and the surgery? And, and maybe that's just, we're that might help you. okay. The rehab portion, yeah. because I think it's like an unspoken rule of like not letting a guy yeah. go through. You and know, here's the other thing. It's rehab. not like he's going to make $4 million this no. upcoming season. $900,000 is what he's projected to make on yeah. MLB trade rumors. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is out of all these guys, which guy eventually gets the most money in arbitration? Is it Margot? Is it Glass now? Is it Wendell? Is it Yarbrough? Is it somebody else? Is Wendell's it Meadows? Gonna a, Wendell's going to get a nice payday. Yeah. Wendell, Wendell and Meadows, I think. Okay. The, the two highest paid there. So if you want to go by the money figure, those two, but there's no way, there's no way that they're not chicken tendered. <laughs> no way. Very no, good. They're going to Chick-fil-A, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Rays, I mean, it was a lot fewer players last year, but they did tender contracts to all seven of their arbitration eligible players in 2020. Uh, Bet Online has you covered all holiday season long, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action throughout the holiday season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D. O-N to receive that bonus. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Kevin, I got an early trivia question for you. Uh, can you tell me a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle? DirecTV? Would that be the correct answer? What is DirecTV? DirecTV Stream is DirecTV Stream. DirecTV Stream is the correct way because it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. Just like Wander Franco sending a $182 million guaranteed contract never before, right? Well, what this means that if you get DirecTV Stream, uh, you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite movies, your shows all in one single place. And the best part there's no annual contract. I hate annual contracts. Kevin Weiss hates uh, annual contracts. Everybody hates them. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Very good. Okay. Uh, we will finally get to the handful of mailbag questions that have, uh, we have been waiting to answer. There's just been so much news on the table. We may, I mean, there, uh, thankfully there's been some baseball news. We may get to a point where there's no news whatsoever. It's just talking about lockouts and negotiations. Uh, that might not be a fun time, but I don't want to shame other MLB locked on MLB hosts, Uh huh. but sometimes I'm so lucky to be a race fan and doing this podcast because other teams out there, guys, woof, they're, they have yeah. nothing to cover. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Tell me what the hell the Cubs the Cubs are doing right now. <laughs> what do you I mean? If you, I mean, if you know who has the toughest yeah. job right now on MLB and the locked on MLB, it's the Cubs. Yeah. What does he uh, get up there? Oh, let's talk about Bill Murray yeah. being a Cubs fan. Right. Let's relive 2016. Yeah, it's tough. At least with the Rockies, you can just say they we're suck. so bad, we suck. This is why we suck. We're going to continue to suck. But with yeah. the Cubs, it's just like apathy right now yeah. and depression indif- indif- indifference which is so horrible like they're not going to make 
any significant moves whatsoever. No. And I don't think their, their farm system is like, Oh, we got so many great no. players on the come up. We got Wander Franco 2.0. It's just like, all right, That's we're holding forward. We're going to be, uh, you know, uh, 72 and 90 or whatever. Like yeah. it's not going to be a fun time if you're a Cubs fan at all whatsoever. But you know, what's fun mailbag questions. Yes. Mailbag questions. Okay. Uh, this one from Austin Holloway. He says, here's a fun one. Both of you have the power to get any past or present raised player on the podcast. Who do you choose? And what's one question slash topic you'd want to discuss? Great question, Austin. Fantastic question. This took me a while. I'm going to go with BJ Upton. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with BJ Upton because during the postseason, he was very uh, transparent on... Uh, the stadium issues and stew and all that. And so I love the honesty aspect of that. So that's mm-hmm. who I would like to have on the show. Somebody yeah. who's going to just give it to me straight. No, no, no BS. Right. Here's that. But I wouldn't ask him about stew. I wouldn't ask him about the stadium situation. Enough of that. Yeah. I don't want to hear about that. You know what I want to hear about? What I've always wanted to hear about. Tell me about Pad Burl. <laughs> That's a good one. Tell me all of the things that made Pat Burrell a clubhouse cancer. Tell me the fights that he Mm -hmm. had with Carl Crawford. Tell me the things that Joe Madden and and Pat Burrell yelled each other about. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me, BJ. What happened in that clubhouse? I want to know. That's good. And uh, peek behind the curtain, we have reached out to BJ Upton, but he didn't respond to us. So No, he did not. Uh, we might have to try another outlet or maybe, you know, not a lot going on. Maybe he will have some free time to be able to do that. Yeah. And also, uh, it's funny because, well, if you're a fan out there, if you're a listener out there, feel free to like DM and reach out to BJ Upton. And, hey, you should be on the Locked on Race podcast. Please do that on yeah. our behalf. Locked on Race. Yeah. A Locked on Race Nation. Just just, just DM send him. BJ. Just yeah. message. Spam him <laughs> until he comes on the show. That's the way to do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my guy, and yours is a very good choice. Mine's a little kind of a flip on it. Okay. Your boy. Your favorite race player of all time, Evan Longoria. Okay, of course. He is very transparent. He is yes. very open-minded. He is very thoughtful. And I also want to know who the clubhouse cancers were during his okay. time with the Rays. And particularly, I want to know what went wrong between him and BJ Upton and James ah. Shields because there is a history between Longo and those two other guys where he sort of alluded to the fact of uh, those guys were on the devil raised teams or the raised teams before they were good. And they still had, they couldn't get past some sort of attitude, not wanting to get on board and play ball, so to speak. So I, I would, I love to, you know, share a beer or share an interview with Longo and ask him uh, some of those questions and probably throw in a Pat Burrell, just clubhouse. Can I, I just want to know about clubhouse cancer and, and, and crazy stories like that. I, I know it feels very TMZ, but I want, I yeah. want, I want the, the details. I want the gossip. I want the gossip. Yeah. Tell me the gossip about, you know, the clubhouse cancers, but really let me know about Pat Burrell though. Yeah. L- give me all the little details. Like, <laughs> DMBJ Upton right now, please. Look, look. Everybody. We, we need him on the show. We need him on the show. I, I need to know about Pat Burrell. Yeah. I need to. 
Um, okay. Uh, this next one, uh, from Nick Eater, he says, what is your opinion on Kevin Cash winning the manager of the year award over Scott service from the Mariners and what he did with that team? Wow. He's talking about service and the Mariners. Also Kittredge was our best reliever this year. Need a couple more like him. Hopefully he can continue this form into next year. Uh, yes, I agreed on Kittredge, and I yeah. agreed that we need more arms. Uh, and what I'm saying, uh, by the way, speaking of relievers and Kittredge, uh, if you non-tender Nick Anderson, I expect the Rays to go out and sign Rizel Iglesias. That better go. be the trade-off. That, that's go. what we're talking about here. There you go, baby. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, the, the, the first part, though, if there was one guy that I wouldn't have been upset to have taken that manager of the year award mm-hmm. would be Scott Service, because... Man, that that is what he did to get yeah. them to the last day. I mean, who, who, Ty France, for God's sakes, was the right. only guy that was giving them any sort of power production in that lineup. I mean, who who was the rotation? Yeah, it was. I mean, they had it, it, was, it, it was a shift. It was incredible what he was able to do back yeah. there, and, and, and with with teams that were supposed to be good, <laughs> Oakland, and teams that got good, the right. Astros. And they were able to 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 do that. I, I feel if there was one guy that 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 I wouldn't have been upset and had a an actual legit path to winning the manager of the year award, yeah, Scott Service is definitely one of one one of the guys. If 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 not the only guy in the American League. Okay, so if you had a vote, yeah, and you could put it down on paper, would you have gone with Kevin Cash or Scott Service? Uh, Kevin Cash, because okay. I know the more in-depth intricacies of what Kevin Cash had to go through, a- AKA, you know, injuries, the ALEs, the 100 wins, right. all of the things. Um, but I, w- I would have thought about it. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have been a Kevin Cash automatic vote for me. No. Well, it's funny because, and of course, what Kevin Cash did this year was amazing. The yeah. fact that, I mean, so many out there, okay, the Rays are going to finish third, fourth in the division. You don't have... Oh, you lost you don't have Snell. Snell. You, you lost, lost Morton. Morton. Oh, Glass now? You, you lose him? Yeah. No, it was June? incredible. Yeah. yeah. And how many rookies are you playing this year? And uh, the guys that are throwing the most innings on your team are going to have ERAs above five? Right. Like, all that combined. Oh, and you're playing in a division with four teams I Wait, mean, that win 90-plus games? You could have your A bullpen is all in the IL right now. Yeah. So you're just bringing guys like Adam Conley. And Ryan Sheriff right. to, to, to cover important things and important innings. Oh, you're using Kittredge. However, you, yeah. yeah, it was impressive. But Scott Service, Look, that was incredible. Okay, so if we're going to say what Scott Service did this year was incredible, don't we have to also say what Kevin Cash did in 2018 was incredible? Getting that raised team to win 90 games that- where Matt Duffy, you know, got the most played appearances of anybody. And you're like... Jake Bowers was supposed to be and expected to be one of your more productive players. Like there was nobody offensively that team on that team was so fun. That team was a college team. Yeah. It was a college team playing MLB uh, type baseball, 90 wins. He got them to be playoff eligible right. within two weeks of the season ending. That was, that was remarkable, especially because of the, the horrible start that they had in April yeah. in 2018. So yes, of course, I don't think one takes from the other. Right. I don't think by saying Scott Service was uh, uh, worthy of the 2021 Manager of the Year doesn't mean that Kevin Cash isn't. Yeah. I, be- I believe both things to be true. Uh, I think Scott maybe should have gotten a little bit more love. Yeah, and I think part of it too is, I would have to double check this, but I looked it up 
I think the last time that a manager won in the American League, one manager of the year and didn't make the playoffs was 2004. Buckshaw wow. Walter and the Rangers. So if you're going to win manager of the year, you win 88 games, 92 games, what you better wild card division. You, you better make yeah. the playoffs to win that award, at least in the American league. And also credit to Scott service. Look, the, the team wasn't all that great on paper. And there were some, they did surprisingly. It was kind of how, how well they did in extra inning games. I would be curious to see if they were, if they can or yeah. could keep that up without the runner on second rule, like how much of that is a fluke because their run, di- I mean, the, their run differential was terrible this year and they still yeah. found a way to win games, which maybe that is a credit to Scott service that he got that much right out of the team. And yeah. The right moment. yeah. And, and also um, for keeping the team afloat when that controversial Kendall Graveman trade there you go. was made because there was a lot of upset players and a lot of upset fans. Now, I'll also say this again, uh, the athletics weren't as good as expected, you know, weren't great at all. You also had some bottom feeders in there, the Rangers and, and the angels. So it's not like the the toughest division of all time. And I looked at their schedule a little bit. Last thing on this is just, they had a lot of games against a lot of bad teams. They had a lot of games against Arizona, Baltimore, Cleveland, Colorado, Kansas city. I I know, uh, I know. know. I'm just saying you're, you can rack up a lot of, a lot of wins when you have six games against Arizona and four games against Colorado and seven against Kansas city and six versus Minnesota and six versus Detroit. I'm just saying, Uh, don't talk to me about central divisions. Those were the same games that Kevin cash had to play. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, no, I mean, I mean, credit to, to Scott service and what he did. I just think that, cash was you know i think so too i think scott if he won it i wouldn't have been surprised right right um okay this next question this is a fun one from time mccann does shane boz have a good chance to be a top three rookie of the year finalist in 2022 if so what would it take for him to get there well, I think uh, he's definitely has the talent to do that. Yes. And I think uh, Bobby Witt Jr. and Adley Rutschman probably have something that they want to say about that. Yes. Um, look, I, I looked at Shane McClanahan's numbers. Mm-hmm. If those numbers can't get you a nomination or a finalist, it's gonna be rough for it's gonna right. be rough for Shane Boz because that means that he let's let's let let's let's say that he has to do better than Shane McClanahan. That means more than 120 innings pitched. Mm-hmm. That means a sub 340 ERA. That means around a three WAR. Right. According to Fangraphs, can he do it? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be hella tough to do that, especially knowing full well that Shane Boz is going to probably be used. Just like Shane McClanahan was babied in babied some respect, in some respect with the innings. So can he get to 120 innings pitched? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I hope so. But then again, I, the, the, the strength of schedule being in the, in, in, in against the Red Sox and the Jays and the Yankees all the time in, mm-hmm. in, in boom boxes in, in, in the division, it's going to be tough to, yeah. to do that in your rookie year. Does he have the potential? Yes, but he, he's going to have to be really good. It's just such the rookie of the year. It's such a position player hitter oriented award. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look back at it. There's not many in the national league or American league, not a lot of pitchers, starting pitchers that have won that thing. I think to get top three, 
top three votes. Um, it's, it's sort of what you said, Ulysses, it's gotta be 150 plus innings. It's yes. gotta be sub three and a half ERA or yes. three and a half ERA. You gotta have double digit wins. I know wins aren't, you know, they're, they're not, it's but it, it, for, for the, for the voters. Exactly. Though. And here's the other thing you mentioned it. Adley Rushman, Bobby Witt Jr. There's also a guy named Spencer Torkelson. There's also a guy named Julio Rodriguez. Like there's yeah. going to be some competition. Even Riley Green with the Tigers could throw up a fight. So, I mean, it's, it's got to, you got to put up numbers similar to what Luis Garcia and Shane McClanahan did. Maybe, you know, balance those out, divide those numbers together. And that's what you got. Yeah. And I don't know if Shane Boswell get enough of those opportunities uh, in his true rookie year. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I just wonder, you know, you add Corey Kluber, if you're going to bring back Yarbrough, uh, they they might want to be careful with him. I'm just saying. I want to ask you this question. What, just kind of like tender or not tender, given the percentage of, uh, of likelihood that Shane Boz starts in the opening day roster for 2022. Ooh, uh, opening day roster. I'm going to say 90%. Holy blank. People. Yeah. That is confident. I, I don't have him at, at, at that. I have 90% confident that he's starting at triple A. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we've got that. Uh, so you think uh, him he's going before to- Luis Patino or Patino is going to be in triple A too. No, I, I feel like Patino starts opening day roster. Wow. And then, and then Shane, Bob, I, I just think depending on the CBA, because then if the manipulation isn't there anymore, then I think he does start with opening day roster. But if the, that doesn't, you know, change, then they're like, nope, give us more half of the year. We start them maybe late April, maybe early May. So if they do that, if they do late April, early yeah. May, then getting to 120 innings pitched is going to be real yeah. tough. Look, I know the Rays have never cared about optics, but the fact that you call this guy up and he basically becomes your number two immediately, and yeah. now you're going to start him at AAA in 2022, I think that's... There's precedent. Yeah. Do you guys remember 08 and the fantastic <sighs> rookie uh, sensation David Price? Where did his start in 2009? He started in AAA. He started in AAA. Then they called him up, but he started in AAA in 09. Darn Rays, you got to ruin the fun for all of us. Okay. Uh, this last mailbag question uh, from Daniel Perez. And again, send us mailbag questions periodically anytime you want because we do. Uh, collect them, collate them, and then answer them on a future show. Uh, this one, uh, who do you see having the better career? Tatis Jr., Franco, Vlad, Guerrero Jr., or Ronald Acuna? Oh, man. Those are all such yeah. good. I guess are candidates. we just going to use war? Like who has the, who finishes with the highest career war? Is that the right. fairest metric to use? Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think you're missing one guy there, uh, Daniel, uh, Juan Soto. Juan Soto might actually be the guy that, <laughs> that comes out on top in all of yeah. this when you consider his age, how much war he's already accumulated and the bat and the fact that he made his debut at 19 and had a smashing debut at 19. It's tough. So yeah. he could be the, the top. If you, if you go by war, I think let's, I think it can be Vladdy because of the defensive purposes yeah. there. So I think Vladdy takes the hit there. Mm-hmm. Second one that take a hit Tatis. Yeah. Tatis takes the, the hit on the defensive side of him. Then you're left with Franco, Acuna, and Soto. Yeah. I think Franco is going to be surprising people with his defensive work. I really think he's going to be good. I think he's going to get better uh, because he wasn't terrible at shortstop at 20 years old. Right. I think he's going to be really good. Then you put Acuna, who is really good in the outfield. (sighs) 
Soto. It's not bad, but he's not. He's no Acuna. It's all about Soto's bat. It's the fact that he can pretty much any year put up an on-base percentage of 450, 460. That's, that's, that's and he's 22 years old, 23 years old right now. I think, it's, I think that's my podium. I yeah. think it's, it, it, Soto, Acuna, Franco, those three guys are going yeah. head to head to head. I mean, Acuna, for God's sakes, in his first full season, almost became a 40-40 guy when only four guys have ever done that. Right. That's stupid. <laughs> Here's my issue with Acuna is the fact of how he recovers or comes back from that ACL injury, how that affects Let's see him. That. Yeah. And that's the thing, also a legitimate question for Tatis. How much of that shoulder issue is going to be uh-huh. a lingering thing where you have to move from short to right field and the defense was never there yeah. really as it is. Look, I I don't know if I've necessarily a top three. I agree with you, Flagrero, the defense, the fact that he's first base. And I think that... Um, Look, I, Vlad's going to be and is already a great player, but I think he what this year was. This might be his career year just because of the fact of Playing TD ballpark and stadiums. Yeah, essentially, yes. Um, I I think one two is is Soto Wander, and yeah. I wouldn't be. And I know this might be homerism, but I'd even be willing to flip that. I could see Wander being one, and then Soto being two. Daniel, let's let's have this question. Throw it to us. Yeah. November 29th of 2022. There Come we back go. To us in 365 it. days and see if our answers changes because we need to see a little bit more of Franco. What we saw Franco was exceptional, but let us see a whole season. Yeah. Let us see a whole season, not just 70 games. Let me see a whole 162 and see what he can do in the ups and downs, the, the ebbs and flows of the, yeah. of the season. And Wander put up what? Three and a half, four and 70 games this season. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> At 20 years old yeah. and he won't be 21 till March. Uh, throwing that out there. Uh, I do have the numbers for these other guys. So Tatis Jr. has accumulated 13.6 war at 22 years old and 331 days. Acuna, 14.9 war at 23 years old and 346 days. Guerrero Jr., 9.5 war at 22 years old, 258 days. And uh, Juan Soto, 17.6 war at 23 years old and 35 days. That's the podium. Soto, Acuna, and not to be raised home biased, but I think Franco. Yeah. That's the podium. The Rays wouldn't give him you know, upwards of $223 million if that wasn't the case. I'm telling you, you Mookie Betts, look at his war each year, and I think it's going to be very similar, very similar pipeline and track for Wander Franco, except from a shortstop and not a right field. Mm -hmm. It's fun to think about. It is fun to think about. Okay, uh, thank you again for the mailbag questions. Feel free to send those to us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com, Instagram, Twitter, DM us there, and we'll uh, put those together for a future episode. Uh, thank you again for making the Locked on Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on Bets podcast. That is free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.